welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Good morning, church. Good morning, online family. Good morning, guests. We're glad our visitors are with us. You know, as we were singing that song, I was thinking about how the Lord wants to help and protect everybody, but because He's very respectful of free will and because He's very respectful of faith and and what we believe, it's only what we commit to Him that He can keep and protect. Paul said, I am persuaded that God is able to keep, protect that which I have committed unto him. So if there's any part of our life that doesn't seem to have the blessing of God in it, make sure that part of your life is fully committed to the Lord. Make sure it's in his hands. Anybody want the blessing and protection of the Lord? Well, he can only bless and protect what you commit to him. I want to say it again. Paul said, I am persuaded that God's able to keep and protect everything? No. That which I have committed unto Him. Commit your job and business unto Him. He'll keep and protect and bless that. Commit your thoughts to Him. He'll keep and protect your brain. Commit your children to the Lord. He'll keep and protect your children. Commit your health to the Lord. Your life, your dreams, the way you walk, what you say, how you talk. Commit your whole life to Him and you're opening up the door and saying, Lord, You can keep and protect my whole life because my whole life is in your hands. Well, if we went home right now, it would be a good thing that we came to church. Praise the Lord. Well, welcome again, everybody. We're so glad you're here. We've got a lot of good things still to happen here. The Lord's not done yet. Before we go any further, I had an impression to do this, and I've learned a long time ago to, you know, do what the Lord leads you to do, even if it's not on your notes. And so, just just getting ready for church today, I sense the Lord say again, you know, we're living in a time where sickness is out there, disease is out there, epidemics are out there. Uh, they say, you know, maybe more are on the way or whatever, but, you know, that, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't make us afraid. You know why? Because we believe God's love to protect us is greater. And so, I was thinking about one of the greatest books. Now, I've read a lot of books on how to be healed from God in a divine way. I've read a lot of books of how to be healed by faith in God. I've read a lot of books about supernatural healing from the Lord. This is one of my favorite and greatest books, as far as I'm concerned, out there on divine healing right now. It's called Love, The Way to Victory. When we're walking in love, our faith works great. Faith for healing. Faith for Deliverance from depression, faith for a better marriage, faith for better finances. Our faith works way better when we're walking in more love than any other time. And, and if, you're gonna, if you're ever going to need healing, and you probably are going to need at least need healing or protection, you're going to need to know something about love because faith works by love. And the, and the last part of this book deals with failing to walk in love can affect your health. And he gives story after story and testimony after testimony of people who were healed after they forgave somebody. Yes. Not after they were prayed for. The prayer didn't seem to work. But when they forgave somebody or they asked for forgiveness or they admitted a wrong or they got something right with a, a family member or somebody that they've had strife with. When they got that corrected, nobody even needed to pray for them. Healing just flowed into their life. Terminal stuff, cancer. This book is a really good book. So one of the best books I know on divine healing is Faith, uh, uh, excuse me, Love the Way to Victory by Kenneth E. Hagan. And if you look for this book online, it'll have a different cover on it. It'll be red. So just know that you got the right book if you didn't see this cover. So anyway, wanted to show that to you. Let's pray and let's get into the rest that the Lord has for us today. I know he's got some life-changing things for us. Agree with me that we get everything. Father, we're asking that you'd open our eyes and open our ears today. Open our understanding to hear and see exactly what heaven has for us on the earth today. Show us by your Holy Spirit, the great teacher, things that will make a difference in our life. Prepare us for the next steps of our life. Things that will answer questions 
things that we've been questioning for years. Answer them, Lord, we pray. And Lord, whether there's been problems or things in our life that aren't right, bring forth solutions today. We know you're going to do it because you want it more than we want it. But we ask you for it. We open the door for it to happen in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, please, in your Bible to Mark chapter 11. Today, I want to talk to you about three words, and we're going to take the whole service to explain these three words. And last week, we, had, we talked about three words, too, didn't we? Um, but today, we're going to talk about three words that I believe, if you'll get these in your heart, you know, not just one ear, in one ear, out the other, but if you'll actually, when the service is over, consider these things that I say to you today, the Lord will give you understanding and you'll be able to apply it and see results as opposed to, well, I did my duty. I went to church. Okay, now what? How many of you want what happens today to change your life? Amen. You're going to have to be open for that to happen. So go ahead and open up. Only good's going to happen today. You don't have to be afraid. Only good's coming your way today. So the three words that I believe the Lord wanted us to focus on are these three words. Faith in Love. Learning to have more faith in God's love for us hmm? than the thoughts that I have to be better to get His help. Now, is it, is it good to be good? It's good to be good. But if you're looking at goodness as a way to earn God's favor, you're actually getting further away from His help. There are things the Father wants to do for His children that require no works or effort on our part at all except faith. This is where people get a little mixed up. They don't realize the difference between rewards and just being taken care of because you're a child of God. Do you realize we're saved and healed and delivered by grace? Mm -hmm. Now, we'll be rewarded by works in the next life some in this life. But as far as the necessities of life, as far as salvation, as far as healing and deliverance, that's by grace, Amen. through faith. Not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Now I'm interested in both. I'm interested in full salvation, and I'm interested in rewards later. Amen. So if I want them both, I've got to be believing for what I can't earn, and I've got to be doing what He wants me to do if I want the rewards later. But today we're going to talk about Salvation, deliverance, healing, blessings that a father wants on any child coming your way, not because of anything you do, but because of everything he did. And we need to behold this for a while. I know the scripture, it says, behold the goodness and the severity of God. We need to behold them both. But today we're going to behold the goodness of God. And I believe beholding the goodness of God will result in us being better in every area of life. It's, it's, the, it's the divine way from the inside out. So in Mark chapter 11, in verse 22, Jesus just spoke to a fig tree and told it not to bear fruit anymore, and it didn't, and it dried up from the roots, and he was using this as a lesson to show us how we can get supernatural, wonderful, glorious results in our life when it comes to overcoming problems. So if you would please look at verse 22, because it's what, look at verse 21. Peter calling to remember said unto Jesus, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. It was a miracle. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Now, we usually read the rest of it, but this is where I want to just camp out for a while. Have faith in God. Okay, you guys see this amazing feat of power? You see this miraculous thing take place right before your eyes? What's he telling them? He said, I'm going to show you how to get some results like this. It starts with having faith in God. Now, what we're going to talk about this morning is not just faith in the fact that he exists. Oh, definitely that. I mean, that's where it starts. But we want to talk about faith in his love to give us things that we don't deserve. Now, we grew up in a world that says, you get it, you earn it. You get it, you work for it. 
We, we grew up in a world that says, you want it, you got to work for it. And, and there's things we have to work for in the natural realm. But when it comes to salvation, the harder you try to work for God's blessings, the farther away you get from God's blessings. Actually, you know what we need to work on? When it comes to receiving blessings from the Lord, healing, deliverance, you, know you know what we need to work on? We need to work on not working. Amen. This is weird. It's backwards. We grew up in a world that says the exact opposite. We have to work on realizing we don't have to work for these things. He gave them to us free and all we got to do is believe and receive. The Bible does talk about the work of faith. But what he's explaining in that area is that this is the effort that's involved. And that's believing that God's so good that you still get help when you don't deserve it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Beware. Beware of that thinking. Paul actually told people in the book of Acts, he said, Beware, lest that which come upon you, that you think this is too good to be true. Beware of thoughts that are telling you this is too good to be true. He said, Beware of that. This is good. And it is true. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And it's amazing. So look at John, uh, 1 John chapter 4. Turn to the right. Look at the first epistle of John, just before the book of Jude, before the book of Revelation. And we're going to remember this phrase, have faith in God. What does that mean specifically? Well, this verse will tell us. 1 John 4.16, John the apostle in verse 16 said, and I'm reading out of the New King James, um, he said, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. Actually, I didn't bring my new King James, sorry. <laughs> I just got two new Bibles and I brought the wrong one. That's okay. On the screen, they'll have the new King James. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. So when we're talking about faith, in love, what are we talking about? Faith in our Father God. And I like this because it's emphasizing faith in His willingness to take care of us as a good Father. I mean, we hear faith in God. Faith in the all-powerful one. Faith in God. The creator of the universe. And that's good. That's fine. But how about we go a little deeper? How about we say faith in love? faith in his willingness and desire to take care of his children. Yeah. I was listening recently to a message by my daughter, Rachel. And um, remember um, February 19th, 2018 was a Monday. <laughs> I had a little help from the archives, okay. But Rachel taught a message in healing school, in our healing school on Monday afternoons. And you're all invited. It's free. It's every Monday from noon to one. She taught a message on faith in the mercy of God. And I listened to it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit speaks to anybody who gets behind this pulpit and ministers to us. And actually what comes forth from this pulpit is what I'm most interested in because that's what the Spirit's saying to this church specifically. Oh, I listen to others. Don't get me wrong. But this is what I listen to the most because this is where I'm called. And he'll have specific things for you that will address specifics in your area you won't even get anywhere else. And she was teaching on faith in the mercy of God. And one of the statements she made, she said, I don't even know if you remember saying this, Rachel, but you said, God wants all his babies healed. <laughs> I thought, that's a, that's a good picture of what Jesus came to teach us. God is our father. He wants all of his babies healed. You know, even those that mess their diapers. Yep, yeah. <laughs> and you, know, you know, God wants all his kids healed, even, even those who didn't clean their room when they should have. Mm -hmm. he, he still wants them healed. Any of you fathers still want your children healed if they took the trash out with a bad attitude? Or maybe they forgot to take the trash out on purpose. How many still want them healed if sickness comes their way? Yes. Well, if you, being evil, know how to do good things for your children, how much more yes. does your father want you healed yes. when you don't deserve it? Yes. 
See, healing is, is not even in the equation. We want our kids healed not because they're good, but because we love them. Yes. Because we, we are good parents. We want them free. We want them healed. Not because they deserved it or earned it or got all their ducks in a row, got their act together. No, 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 no. We want them free, healed, and delivered because it's a family right and it's just our nature to want to help them while they're growing. So... Here it says, notice the first part of the verse. We have known. Well, Pastor, I've heard that God loves me. I've heard that He loves me. Good. Have you gone to the next step and actually believed and leaned on His love in the crisis of life so you're not worried about the outcome? You're not worried about not making it? You're not worried about love letting you down? Or do you just know it? You can know it. Everybody say this. Knowing, Knowing. is not believing. I know that. But when he gets to believing, it's like, whoo, I believe that. <clears throat> Whatever you lean on in the crisis of life. Amen. I mean, you know, it's very important to have these things down before the crisis hits. Because if the crisis does come, you're already in the habit of, God's not going to let me down. Devil, I'm not going down. I'm not dying young with some dumb disease. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You made mistakes. You haven't done this right. You haven't done that right. You just need to go, ha, ha, ha. What did we say last week? Shut up, devil. I am free. Today we say, shut up, devil. God loves me. It becomes absolutely ridiculous to think that God wants you sick when you know how much he loves you. Yeah, but I know a lot of people that are good Christians, pastors, that are sick. That doesn't mean God wants them sick. It just might mean they don't know how to receive divine healing yet. Oh, don't ever blame acts of hurt and harm and, you know, stealing, killing, and destroying on the Father. No, don't do that. He's good. We need to develop faith in His goodness more than faith in our goodness to receive what we need. So, we have known and believed... Verse 16, the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Say this, I believe, I believe in the love of God, love of God. For, me. for me. Do you know what that means? That means you don't have to worry about being perfect to receive help from the Lord. He's going to help you anyway. Just like you're going to help your child. Well, honey, as soon as you quit having that rebellious attitude, and as soon as you quit having, you know, quit me having to tell you to clean your room again, as soon as you quit, you know, lying, as soon as you quit doing this, then I might give you some medicine for that cold that you have. What's that called? It's called child abuse. And no loving parent would do that. Was God a child abuser? No. Absolutely not. People have been taught wrong. You know, one of the greatest hurts that have come to God's people. It's things that have been preached from pulpits that are not scriptural. They're not in line with the Bible. They make God look like he's causing bad things to happen. We're not, no, we don't blame God for things that others are doing, right? God is good. He's trying to get people out of pain, out of the mess. And if we're thinking that, you know, well, if we mess up, you know, God's going to clobber me. Well, that's wrong teaching and that's wrong thinking and you need to grow in, in the truth. God's a good father. Jesus taught us that. Freak the religious people out. Freaks people out today, but God's good. And he's a good father. So God is going to help you. What, what does this word mean? Faith in love. That means God's going to help you because he's your father, not because you're perfect. Well, what are we talking about? Faith in love. We're talking about God's going to help you because he's your father, not because you're perfect. I might say a few things over and over again because some people's thinking needs to bend and start going the right direction because if I just say it once, it'll snap back like a rubber band. I've got to keep it there until it gets a new nature. What, what does it mean? What does faith and love mean? It means we can expect help from God because He's good, not because we've always been good. You know, there's a scripture that says God delights in mercy. He actually enjoys helping the undeserving. How about we not rob him of that pleasure and start trusting him more in this area? A great day in your life, a life-changing day in your life, is not when you finally decide to get your act together. It's when you decide to believe more in his love for you. Yes. 
and that'll help you get your act together. What comes first, repentance or goodness? We'll answer that in just a minute. Come on, it's a great day. It's a great, life-changing day when you decide to believe more in His love for you, not when you just decide to get your act together. Actually, that is getting your act together, believing more in His love for you. So if that's what you're talking about, yeah, get your act together. What do you mean? Believe more in His love for you. Realize you can't do it yourself. Realize without Him, you can do zero. And just throw yourself into His love and say, Father, I trust in Your mercy. You know, one of the strongest places to be to receive power from God is a place of rest, trust, not worrying that He's going to come through for you. In the realm of the Spirit, that's dynamite. That's explosive. I wanted to read you something out of an Amazing Grace Changes Everything book that I wrote a couple years ago. It's actually a devotional. It's online. It's free on the website. You can download the PDF or read it right online. We're going to get some more hard copies pretty soon. It's a book I wrote a few years ago to help balance out some grace teachings. Um, Anything can go to extremes sometimes. Pastors have to balance things out. And um, it's called Amazing Grace Changes Everything, 31 Days of Heaven on Earth. I wanted to read you a part of the first day devotional and a little part of the second day. So just listen to this in line with what we're saying. Because you realize that mercy and grace is a part of the love of God. The love of God is huge. God is love. And a part of His love is being kind to the undeserving and withholding punishment from the deserving of punishment, mercy and grace. I like to look at it like this. Grace is God giving us things we don't deserve. Good things that we don't do. I like to look at mercy as we don't get the things we do deserve. You know, the bad stuff, the punishment. How many think grace and mercy is a real good thing? (laughs) It is. And so... The scripture I put in here, it, the title of this first chapter is Stop Trying to Earn God's Blessings. And the scripture is Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I wrote these words with the Lord's help. Thinking we have to earn the blessings of God is how we cut ourselves off from the blessings of God. According to the scripture we just read. Thinking we have to earn the blessings of God is how we cut ourselves off from the blessings of God. Because we're saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves, not of works. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. God can't get us what we need on the basis of our working for it or trying to earn it. He wants to help, but so many people are not letting him help them. Help comes to us through faith in God's grace, not through our trying harder to become more worthy of his blessings. Can we all just take a big breath and exhale? I'm going I'm to trust in his love more. It's vital that we realize that our being saved, healed, or delivered is not something we have to work for or earn. The effort on our part is simply understanding the word of God in this area. What we need to work on is realizing we don't have to work for the blessings. The effort needed to receive what we need and want from God is the effort of knowing and believing what He has already provided for us through Christ Jesus. The more we realize that it's by God's grace that we are saved, healed, and delivered, the more of His blessings we will see in our lives. Have faith in God's grace and don't ever again try to earn what you need from God. Change your perception, adopt this truth, and your life will be different. The second chapter, I'm not going to read it all. It's, it's entitled, Work on Resting. <laughs> all right. So the last chapter of this uh, little devotional here on day two, I said, choose to be at peace knowing that God loves you and that he's not looking for perfection in order to help you out. He's only looking for your faith in His grace so He can give you all you need. Resting in faith that God's grace will come through for you is as powerful as it gets. 
Resting in God's grace that he will come through for you is as powerful as it gets. The last three messages my son-in-law taught are on favor and on grace and on not having to earn the help of God. Powerful. All these things are on archives that all these people are teaching in the church. We have no excuse for dying for lack of knowledge. <laughs> it's all free. <clears throat> no charge. But you taught three messages on the favor of God and it's, it's to help change this perception in the people. Trusting in God's grace to help you out is as powerful as it gets. His unmerited favor toward the ill-deserving, the undeserving. Absolutely amazing. We can't earn what we need and if we try, we'll never get it. I put that one in purple. That's even more powerful than red. <laughs> so I better say that again. We can't earn what we need, and if we try, we'll never get it. Now, if there's anything that will rocket you into a life of holiness and purity and clean living, it's getting such a dose of God's goodness, He just rubs off on you, now you're good everywhere you go. Amen. Psalm 18, I think it's Psalm 18. King David, how many think King David was a pretty good guy? King, prophet, warrior, Psalmist, sweet psalmist of Israel, man after God's own heart, talked about forever as the sweet mercies of David. I mean, he, he, great man of God, made some mistakes. But one thing he did when he made mistakes is he trusted in God's mercy to help him up and out. Why do some people make it through mistakes and some people don't? Why do some people crash and never come back to prominence and other people go even further? One reason, some people repent and believe in the mercy of God and other people don't. King David said this in prayer to God. He said, Father God, your gentleness has made me great. Amen. What made him great? What made him great? God's gentleness. Oh, come on, man. That's amazing. Enough of the goodness of God will fix anything. So what should we be preaching? Let me put it this way. What's the devil trying to blind people from? The glorious goodness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 4 4 says, The God of this world, Satan, small g, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. He's constantly trying to blind people from the goodness of God because the goodness of God will fix you from the inside out. Law will fix you from the outside in, you know, handcuffs and jails and prison cells. But goodness will fix you from the inside out. It'll turn you into a different person who doesn't want to do wrong anymore. Amen. And if you still want to do wrong, you need to get some more of the goodness of God in you. Revelation of it. The love of God. The mercy of God. Get, get, so, get so full of the love of God that you're a love person going everywhere you go. Amen. You know how you can tell how much love you have in you? by how you treat other people. You know, I look at it like this. If God delights in showing mercy to us who deserve hell in an early grave, how much more should we delight in showing mercy to others who have made mistakes and messed up? It's weird to want mercy from God but want to judge other people for their mistakes. It's weird to want help from the Lord when you messed up but want to talk about other people's mess ups. That, that just doesn't seem right. Okay, so you want God to forgive you for the big one, but you want to talk about the other person's sins and mistakes. I don't know, but I, I think we need to be very cautious in this area because I think we can also get into the area of being despiteful of grace by bringing up people's sins that God's grace has already covered. You have to watch out about talking about other people's sins when they might have already got that under the blood. What if they've repented and you're talking about their sins still and God's already forgiven them and the blood's already washed their sins away? Could we actually be counting the blood of the covenant an unholy thing by bringing something up that the blood covered or washed away? 
You have to watch out about doing despite under the spirit of grace by bringing up all these past sins or counting the blood of the covenant an unholy thing by making sin the big issue when we should make him the big issue. I mean, you can't be focusing on somebody else's sin and him at the same time. God's a good father. He knows how to help his kids grow and he knows how to correct when correction is needed, right? He knows how to be patient. He, he's a great father. Why don't we leave the correction and the paddle in daddy's hands? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be qualified to correct. You can't just start talking about people in a certain way. You have to be, well, Jesus went through the temple and he threw over money changers. Yeah, and he was about to die for those people a few days later. Are you ready to, are you going to die for those people a few days from now? Right. Are you just mad? The Lord told us as parents, he said, you watch out about correcting your kids because you're mad. You correct them because you love them. Because you want the best for them. You want them living long on the earth. You want it to be well with them. Don't just don't just spank your kids because they tick you off. Yes, come on now. And if you're about ready to spank them because you're mad, stop. Get your attitude adjusted. Remember why you're doing what you're doing. And then you'll do it right. And you won't get in trouble with God. So, Lamentations chapter 3, Rachel, you also brought this out in the message on faith and the mercy of God. This is something I, I, I try to say every day of my life when I'm on my knees worshiping the Lord at home. Um, I've missed a couple days here and there, but it's a regular thing in my life to quote these two scriptures because it deals with the morning time. And I like to start my mornings off with this because it's so powerful. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23, Jeremiah the prophet was praying and saying some things here that were actually life-changing. Look at what he said here. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Aren't you glad it didn't say, through our good deeds, we are not consumed? (laughs) Glory to God! If it wasn't for the Lord's mercies, listen closely. If it wasn't for the Lord's mercies... We would all have been a pile of ashes a long time ago. Yeah. To me, it's very, very interesting to see people mocking God on Saturday Night Live or, or wherever. It's really interesting to see people making fun of Christians and mocking good things. And at the same time, God's mercy is keeping those people from going insane, yeah. losing their mind. Yeah. It's interesting to see God keeping people from being consumed and at the same time they're saying there's no God making fun of Christians cracking jokes about Jesus blaspheming and at the same time God's mercy is keeping them alive how many glad you're not God there'd be very few people on the earth right (laughs) so it's of the Lord's mercies and I say this Lord it's of your mercies that I'm not consumed because God's compassions fail not. Now stop right there. Why are we not consumed? Because we fail not? Are we not consumed because we fail not? Or because His mercies fail not? Come on, why aren't you consumed today? Because you're so good? Or because He's so good? Why are you not consumed? Why are you not consumed today? And here's the thing you've got to watch out for. When you do start doing good, and you haven't had to repent for three months, Don't start trusting in your goodness is why you can receive more blessings. Always stay with the mercy and grace of God, no matter how good you live your life. Because if you slip from believing you have a right to this because you're doing so well, or from God's mercy, you're slipping away from the blessings again. Some people need saved from their badness, and some people need saved from trusting in their goodness. They both need saved. There are people that are trusting in their goodness they're going to end up in hell unless they start trusting in God's goodness. Because your goodness and my goodness is not enough to get into heaven. Some people need saved from their badness. Some people need saved from their goodness. You know what I mean by saved from your goodness? Trusting in that as a reason you think you should be able to be saved or healed or delivered. Do good, live right, but never trust in that to receive a blessing from the Lord. It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. You're going to fail. I'm going to fail. But we can still not be consumed. Right. Oh, I feel like dancing. That's amazing. We're not consumed because his compassions fail not. Not because you fail not. That's right. 
So, Pastor, you're going to give people a license to sin. No, they're already sinning. <laughs> I don't need to give them a license to sin. I'm trying to get them out of sin. How do, you, how do you get people out of sin? How do you get people out of sin? You give them something better. How do you get a bone away from a dog? You give them a steak. Give them something better. Right? How do you get people out of sin? You give them something better. What's better than sin? <laughs> What's better than the pleasures of sin? How about in His presence, there's fullness of joy. And at His right hand, pleasures forevermore, not temporarily. Forevermore. Mm-mm, good. Just like Campbell's soup. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> so, go to the next verse. Can you handle some more? His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now he's saying his faithfulness is the reason we're not consumed. His faithfulness to be merciful is the reason we're not consumed. So I like to put it like this. I'm not consumed because I'm faithful. I'm con not consumed because he's faithful. Have you ever been not faithful? Ever been unfaithful? Yes. Ever not done something you said you were going to do? Ever, ever, ever not done something the Lord wanted you to do? Ever been unfaithful? Anybody ever been unfaithful? We all have at one, one point or another. Yep. One way or another. Well, you're not going to be consumed even though you've been unfaithful. You're not going to be consumed because he is faithful and great is his faithfulness. So isn't this so cool? You're not going to be consumed even though you failed. Because his compassions fail not, you're not going to be consumed. And you're not going to be consumed because you've been unfaithful. You're not going to be consumed because he's faithful to be a good father. While you're growing, while you're learning, you diamond in the rough. Right? Work in progress. He's patient. He's, he's helping us. Do you see this? He, he doesn't want you destroyed. He doesn't want you going down because you believe you have to go down. Now, this is a very interesting thought, and we'll go to another scripture here in just a second. This, to me, is really interesting, but Jesus said in many places in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the Gospels, he said many times that according to our faith, be it unto us. As you have believed, so be it unto you. He said many times that we're going to have in life what we truly believe we deserve or what we truly believe is real. According, see, this works in the positive and it also works in the negative. Fear is like negative faith. And if you're afraid of something long enough, you can open the door for that thing to come into your life and hurt you. And it's not because the devil's so big and bad. It's because you use your God-given ability to believe negatively. And it opened the door to something supernaturally bad happening in your life. That's why we don't want to have anything to do with fear. Right. It all comes to everybody. Feelings of fear come to everybody. But we don't have to yield and live by that fear anymore. Right. Actually, perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. So the more you know about the love of God, the more you walk in the love of God, the less fear even has place in your life. So Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. All right, so I, I thought of this and I, I taught it years ago as we taught along some of these similar lines. And this phrase came to me, many people go down in life after they blow it and they never get back up. Many people go down in life because they believe they have to, mm -hmm. not because they have to. Right. But because they believe they have to, they go down. Because you can believe, you can choose to believe anything you want to believe, and it will take you the direction that you're believing. Whether it's God's will or not. He will let you believe for negative things in your life. He will let you go down wrong roads. And many people have gone down in life, not because they had to, but they believed they had to, and they went down when they didn't have to. So what should you do? Watch out about what you're believing. It's powerful stuff. It's like a loaded gun. Use it right. Watch out about what you're saying. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. You can shoot yourself. 
You can destroy yourself if you don't control your will and you don't control what you're believing. Job, Job went through all kinds of, oh my goodness, Satan attacked his family, Satan killed his children, Satan ruined his business, Satan put something like leprosy on Job, and Job said, oh boy, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has happened unto me. What a revelation. He opened the door to some stuff that he didn't have to experience. So well, why would God allow that? question is, why are we allowing it? It's whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loose. You have the door to your life, not even Jesus. He said he stands at the door and knocks. You can let in anything you want to let in. And fear is faith, but it's a bad kind of faith. You don't want to be expecting bad things to happen to your kids. You don't want to be expecting bad things to happen to your health. You don't want to be expecting bad things to happen to your business because then you'll be shooting yourself. Right, right, right. Watch out what you're believing for. Faith is powerful stuff. I suggest we all believe a lot more in God's love for us. To protect us. To heal us. To deliver us. To prosper us. What did I say? What did we say earlier? A great day in your life. A great day in your life. is not when you get your act together. It's when you decide to believe a lot more in God's love for you. And that he will not let you down. He will not let you down. Healing will show up. Protection will be strong. All these epidemics flying all around us. You will be okay. How do you know? Because God loves me. And notice I didn't say, because I believe God. That's a part of it, but let's focus on this. It's because he loves us is why we're going to be okay. And the more faith you have in it, what? We have known and believed the love that God has to us. Let's believe more in the love that he has for us. Why? So we can see more of the love he has for us in our lives. Ooh, so good. Now, turn to John chapter 11. Uh, I just got done with my first page of seven pages of notes. So it looks like this might be a little bit of a series. So don't worry, we won't stay very long today. Um, In John chapter 11... Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus, his good friend, had just died. He's been dead for four days. Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, were very sad, wondering why Jesus didn't come earlier to raise, to heal him. But four days later, Jesus comes on the scene. And, and um, verse 39, um, they're at the tomb of Lazarus. Take the stone away. Jesus said, Martha, a sister of him that was dead, said, Lord, by this time he stinks. Decomposition has set in. He's been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Isn't he telling us here, if we want to see, we need to first believe? Amen. Hmm? If you believe, Martha, you'll see the glory of God. Now, the glory of God was his bro- her brother did get raised from the dead this day. He got totally set free, a miracle. He got healed of what killed him in the first place, or he would have fallen dead again right after he got raised. So he was healed, he was miraculously raised from the dead, and they saw the glory of God. Jesus said, and he taught it more than once, he was telling them regularly, did I not say this to you? If you would believe, you'd see something better. If you want better, believe better. If you want good, believe for more good. How about we put it in this zone? Anybody want to see more of the healing, protecting, prospering love of God in your life? What should you do if you want to see more of that? Believe more in His love in that area. Believe more in His love in that area. And what? You'll see more of His love in that area. God's not holding out. People just haven't opened the door. God's not holding out and, and holding these things back. People just not have learned to open the door. If you want more, put, put it back on the screen. If you want more, what should you do? Believe more. Not try harder to be more worthy. Not strain a little harder to work for it. What should we, what should we work on? 
we should work on believing more in his love in these areas so we can see more of his love in these areas. You do realize that you being healed is because he loves you. You do realize that you being protected is because he loves you. You do realize that your business prospering is because he loves you. What if you believe more in his love in that area? Jesus said, what? You would see more of his love in that area. Some people believe God loves them enough to forgive them of all their sins. Other people believe that plus he heals all my diseases. And we think, well, how come God loved them more? He didn't. People opened the door in that area more than they did. God loves everybody the same. It's just some people are opening more doors to Jesus than others. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3 says, King David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. How many of you believe God loves you enough to forgive all your iniquities? You better, because I just quoted scripture. It's in the Bible. He forgives all your iniquities. Do you know what the next verse says? He heals all your diseases. How many of you believe God loves you enough to keep his word in that area? He heals all your diseases. You get what you believe for, not what's available. You get what you believe for. How about if we go from believing, praise God, he forgives all my iniquities. I'm not going to feel guilt after I've repented. I'm going to go clean. His blood washed me. How many think we should be that confident about he heals all my diseases? How about we believe in his love in that area too? We should believe so much in the love of God for us that we get mad when we hear people saying God sometimes wants people sick. Not necessarily mad at the people, but mad at the lying devil behind the scenes, actually convincing people that that's a truth and it's not. So wrong. You know what the scripture says? We just read it. God is love. You know what another scripture says? Love, or we can say God, because God is love. Love works no ill to his neighbor. You know what that shows us? All the ill... All the illness in this world is not the will of God and it's not the work of God because love works no ill to its neighbor. Then why are these bad things happening? Well, there's a devil, right? There's there's sin, a curse entered the world when when Adam let the devil into this world. There's crazy people, right? There's weird things that man has stirred up. But do you realize that God allowing that does not mean he wants it. You and I live in a fallen world by our great-grandparents' choice, okay? We got to deal with it. But he will help us in this fallen world if we invite him to help us. And one of the best ways to invite him is to believe what he said. Know this word until it drops down into your heart and now you believe it. You know you you believe in the love of God when worry is not much a part of your life anymore. You know, you, you know God loves you and there still may be tons of worry in your life. But when you believe he loves you, there's very little worry in your life about anything. God's not going to let me down. I'm not dumb. I think God's going to let me down. Yeah, I know there's going to be tribulation. Sure, there's going to be problems. But he's not going to let me down. I'm going to get through all this. I'm going to get through all this. I'm going to get through all this. And then go to bed and turn off the light. I can't think of a better way to go to bed than thinking he loves me. Right? No worry. If you've got a problem with worry, you need to look a little bit more toward the love of God. All right, before we close today, why don't you do this? Turn with me to Romans 8. Why should we expect great, wonderful things from God to come our way? Why should we expect that? Because we believe He loves us that much. Right? Well, I, I, I can believe God will give me all these good things as soon as I graduate Bible school and, 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 and not mean to my, my brother anymore. And, and as soon as I get that anger thing down, and, and, and as soon as I do this and I do that, well, you're delaying your own blessing. How about you receive the blessing of God right now so strong that it just launches you out into a life of love toward other people? Hmm? One of the reasons people commit crimes is because they didn't have much love at home. You can't get what you never received. 
And if you don't get the love, you're going to crave something else and it's usually not real good. You know how you heard the phrase, hurting people hurt people? There's some truth to that. Well, loved people love people. Parents, we've got a huge responsibility to make sure there is so much love in the home that, man, they just turn out like God, a child of God. So in Romans chapter 8, say this, love is going to help me. Romans 8, and we'll close here in about two minutes. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 37. Paul just lists a bunch of terrible things happening and all kinds of problems in life. And in verse 37, what does he say? No. Sometimes you have to say no to some things. No, no. What's he saying? This doesn't have to happen to you, believer. No, no, no. In all these things, all these terrible problems he just listed, you can read them later. We are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Come on, what is this victorious life based on? Us gaining more knowledge or he loved us? Come on, what, what's a, what is more than a conqueror connected to? Him loving us. Him, you, know what, you know what it means to be more than a conqueror? You're getting through everything. Amen. Stuff may come and it will. Problems may arise and they will. Storms will come. People are not going to like you. Problems are going to try to come your way. Devil's going to try to slap you upside the face. Disease may come against you. But what's, what's the key here? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Why are you more than a conqueror? Because he loves you that much. What if you don't believe it? That's you turning away from God's help. That's not God not helping you. That's right. So you can choose to worry and fear and fret and go down another road, talk to all your friends at the bar, or talk to all your friends over a beer or whatever, or you can turn to God and say, God, you love me. You called me more than a conqueror. It don't look like it or feel like it right now, but I believe you love me. And here's, here's what I say. To think you might not make it through is to doubt his love for you. So what should we do? Cast those thoughts down. Amen. I'm not dumb. I'm going to make it through. He loves me. Why are we going to make it through? How come we're more than conquerors? Because we got all our ducks in a row? Because we're, our, we got our act together? Or is it because He loved us? He loved us and we're coming up and we're coming out. Man, if, this, if, if anything will fix your heart, it's this right here. Your actions may take a while to get in line, but, but the heart is the main thing. It, when your heart's fixed, you're eventually going to be all right. Amen. See, here's what the Bible said. Hebrews 7, 19. You ready? The law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did. By the which we draw near to God. The law made nothing perfect. Thank God for the law for insubordinate people who refuse to change. Thank God for the law to curb sin until Jesus came, right? Thank God for the law. But the law made nothing perfect. All the law did was show us how much we need Jesus. The law is supposed to point, it's like a schoolmaster, it's supposed to point you to Jesus. It's not supposed to make you feel bad and well, it's supposed to point you to the Lord. The law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did make something perfect. You want, to, you want to be better? You want to be quote unquote perfect? Look at what hope, look at the hope, look at the love, look at the goodness of God. That'll change you from the inside out. Can I get a witness? All right, I think we're done for now. I'm not going to worry about God not coming through for me. Because I have faith in His love. I'm not going to worry about God not coming through for me. Yeah, but it looks bleak. It's been 48 hours. You aren't any better. You feel a little worse. I'm not going to doubt the love of my Father anymore. 
I'm coming out of this because he's good and he's my father. I'm going to quit looking at my qualifications. I'm going to quit looking at my abilities. I'm coming out because he loves me. So, so what, what about this? What about this? Romans 2, 4. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So if we want people to repent, what should we be up on? What should, be, what should we be harping about? Their problems, their immaturity, the messes they made? Or should we increase our anointed messages of the goodness of God? It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So remember we said we'd answer that question? What comes first, repentance or goodness? Well, goodness leads us to repentance. So I encourage you to let the Holy Spirit bend your thinking and your perception in this area until you see results in your life. Paul said this. Paul said to Timothy, Consider what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding. If you want deep understanding of what you've heard today, consider what I've said. After the service is over, consider what, I've, what you heard today. Consider the words you heard today. Consider them later. And the Lord will give you understanding. Just because Paul told Timothy what Timothy needed to hear didn't mean he had all, all the understanding he needed. He had to consider later what Paul had said in order for the Lord to give him more understanding in that area. I'm encouraging you, consider what you heard today and the Lord will give you more understanding and you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. You won't worry about anything anymore. When the devil pokes you and says cry, you'll laugh. When the devil says your business is going down, you'll say, you can't get me to doubt the love of God. I'm going up. I'm going up because I believe in the grace of God. Not because I, oh look, my track record's perfect now. Okay, now I can believe. No, you believe in his mercy. And then guess what? Then guess who, who do we praise then? Well, definitely not ourselves. <laughs> we praise Him forever. Let's stand up, church. A lot more to say about this. Come back later and you'll hear more. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just take a deep breath. Say this with this. Let's. let's Let's activate this in our life right now. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. You died for me when I wasn't worthy. Doing my own thing. Lost and without you. Father, you spared not your own son, but delivered him up for us all. Now how shall you not also Freely, with him, give me all things. You didn't withhold heaven's best? When I was a sinner, you will not withhold anything less. Now that I'm your child in training. I believe in the love of God. I'll not worry about making it through storms, crisis, problems. I'll not worry because your love will see me through. I enter into rest. I receive your best. I look to you, not my past track record, as for why I can receive all that I need. Jesus, you're my Lord. Heavenly Father, you're my Father. I trust you to help me through life. I am more than a conqueror through you who loved me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Just stay in an attitude of meditation about that and think about that, consider that. Big question, though, for others that are here and watching online right now. If you're not sure that you're what Jesus said, you must be born again. Let's pray about that right now before this service ends. If you'd like to be born again, because Jesus said you must be born again if you want to see the kingdom of heaven. Aren't you glad he didn't say you must be perfect? (laughs) Aren't you glad he didn't say you must have all your ducks in a row? He said, no, all you got to do is be born again. 
All you got to do is be born again. And then he tells you how to do it. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth, Jesus, your Lord, I admit, spit out all pride, your Lord, not me, your Lord. Jesus, your Lord. If you, if you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and the Bible says if you also believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you're saved. Mm, that's called good news. That's how you get born again. The Bible says in James that faith without action is dead. So we can't just have a quiet belief in our heart that these things are true. There needs to be some kind of action that we believe. You know, we're not ashamed of Jesus. We're, we're not going to be embarrassed. We believe. We believe that Jesus is Lord and we believe God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says faith without action is dead. So a simple act of faith is sometimes as simple as just raising your hand saying, you know what? I want that prayer to count for me. And then the God's power goes into operation. You pray the prayer. You get born again. And you have no more worries about where you're going to go when you die. You know you're going up. So everybody with heads bowed, eyes closed, Christians in an attitude of prayer. Watching online, if you're watching online, people in this room right here. If you're watching online, you can tell a moderator what you're doing. But I'd like to pray for anyone who wants to be born again today. You're not 100% sure that you are. You're not sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven. Well, friend, from this meeting forward, you can be 100% sure, feelings or no feelings, that you're going to heaven when you leave the earth. We want to give you that opportunity right now to be born again. So if you'd like this prayer to count for you, I'd like you right now as an act of living faith, raise your hand. If you want this prayer to count for you to be born again. Anybody in the room, raise your hand. Anybody online, click on the... The message tab there and tell the moderator, raise your hand if you'd like to be born again. I see that hand. You can put your hand down if you put it up. Anybody else would like to, I've only seen one hand go up if you'd like to be born again. If you'd really like to be born again, you can. Raise your hand at this time. If you're here today and you say, well, I've been saved, I've been born again, but I got away from God a long time ago. If you'd like to rededicate your life to the Lord, raise your hand and we'll pray a rededication prayer as well. Anybody here or online like to pray a rededication prayer? All right, if you raised your hand on any one of those occasions, if you'd like to at this time, come down to the front and we'll pray. We'll take care of business and this will be the best day of your life. So if you raise your hand, come on down. I want to pray with you. If you raise your hand, you can come up and we'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. Hi. You can stand right here, honey. You can face me right there. Come on. Look at these kids that are coming. This is wonderful. Come on down. Yes, yes. If you want to either be born again or you want to rededicate your life. Carla, would you come forward to it this time? You can stand in a line right here and face me, all of you. I think I saw another hand go up. If you'd like to come up at this time, you can. We'll wait for you. If not, we'll just pray that right where you're standing, you'll get this miracle as well. You guys, this is, this is what life's all about right here. It doesn't get any better than this. Actually, without this, nothing in life matters. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how famous you are. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. Without this, you have nothing. Jesus put it like this. He said, what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Answer, Zippo, nothing. I mean, you have the whole world, you lose your own soul. This life here on earth is the shortest thing we will ever do. Eternity is long. We want to make sure what we do in this life is has a positive effect on our eternal life because this is the shortest thing we'll ever do. And so we're going to pray right now and Jesus is going to come into your life He's going to stay there forever and He's going to help you. He's going to love on you. He's going to open your eyes to beautiful things. He's going to escort you out of here when you're done in this life. You're going to be in heaven with Him forever. You're in the family of God and nothing and no one, no how, could ever pluck you out of His hand. It's a forever deal. So are you ready to pray? Church, pray with us. Those of you online that are praying this prayer, we're with you there as well. Say this. Heavenly Father, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus Christ. 
I confess him as Lord of my life and Lord of all because you are. I believe in my heart, deep down inside, that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And now according to the Bible, which is God's word, I'm saved forever in his hands. Jesus is my Lord. God is my Father. And I'm forever with him. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 